Hey, fans, go to RugbyImports.com for all your rugby outfitting needs. Whether you're kitting out your team with our American-made jerseys, stocking up on training supplies, or just getting a new pair of boots, Rugby Imports has all you need for on the field and off. Go to RugbyImports.com. Hey, don't forget, the biggest rugby party in the USA is slated for February 10th through 12th, 2012 in Las Vegas, Nevada. The USA Sevens International Rugby Tournament brings the United States and 15 other top international sevens teams to the American stop on the World Series circuit. It's three days of thrilling action. Go to USA7s.com for details and great hotel and ticket packages. And if you're a player, the Las Vegas Invitational is where you can play rugby before seeing the USA Sevens. Presented by Stations Casinos, the LVI is the biggest tournament in the country and offers sevens and fifteens playing opportunities for all levels. Go to LVIRugby.com for details on how to sign up and get great USA Sevens deals and special rates on Stations Casinos Hotels. Once again, go to LVIRugby.com for details. Jonah Lamu Rugby Challenge is now available for pre-order at GameStop and the store at GameShark.com. Order now and get a free T-shirt with pre-orders. Games Radar says the game looks fantastic and plays smoothly. A long time coming and worth the wait. Get your copy today and get the game hailed by Gamer Fusion as a great experience. Jonah Lamu Rugby Challenge offers an unrivaled Xbox 360 rugby experience. Featuring 93 teams and 31 stadiums, online leaderboards, in-game Dolby Digital, and multiplayer voice chat. Buy now and be among the first to play this acclaimed game and get a free rugby t-shirt. Check out GameStop, GameShark.com, and check out the ad on our main page at RugbyMag.com for more. This is Rugamatrix America. Welcome everybody to the show and a very happy new year to everyone. This is Alex Goff, editor-in-chief of RugbyMag.com, welcoming you to uh, the last show of 2011, going over to the first show of 2012. And we have a great show for you this time around uh, with Jack Clark as our guest. But first of all, before we bring Jack in, we've got uh, Bruce and Pat are here too. And guys, uh, Happy New Year. Thanks. Yeah, it's almost here. I'm, I'm excited. The, the last three guests we've had on this thing um, to end the year have been great. We had Nigel, now we got Todd, and now we got Jack Clark. So I'm, I'm looking forward to the show. Yeah, and I'd like to say Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. And, and actually, today is a great day to say Happy Kwanzaa, because in 1966, the University of California at Berkeley created the holiday of Kwanzaa. And we will be discussing the principle of Kujicha Julia today, which is to define ourselves, name ourselves, create for ourselves, and speak up for ourselves and stand up. So I think this is a, a great day to celebrate Kwanzaa as well. You want me to define myself on this show right now? I just I, I don't think I can do that. Uh, well, we are very happy to welcome uh, Jack Clark to the show. And Jack Clark is uh, the head coach of the University of California rugby team, uh, well over 500 victories at, uh, at Cal as a coach. And former USA national team coach, and those of you who are younger and perhaps don't remember this, Jack Clark was also uh, a lock forward for the USA national team and a very, very, very good one before he uh, ended his career prematurely. And uh, so he's 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 got uh, the credentials all the way through. And uh, Jack, welcome to the show. Thanks, Alex. Um, happy New Year. Hello, guys. Pat, Bruce, how are you? 
Great. Excellent. Glad to have you on. Well, Jack, we appreciate you coming on. And uh, the number one topic, number one topic on RugbyMag.com lately is the big news that uh, Cal Rugby Program uh, has announced that you are pulling out of the College Premier Division, also known as D1A. Uh, that announcement came down uh, on December 23rd, and and you, you cited uh, uh, scheduling issues and cited uh, some financial issues with re- regard to the, the league. And um, well, f- my, my first question is really, why why announce that now? Why is it that you had to say so um, in late December rather than earlier in the year? What happened and, and, and why do you decide to announce it now? Right. Um, <clears throat> why the timing? You know? yes. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. It, it probably needs some explaining, doesn't it? I mean, it, it kind of appears sometimes that it was the, the lump of coal under the Christmas tree uh, for USA Rugby and um, certainly that wasn't, um, that wasn't our intent. Um, we've been kind of wrestling with the decision, um, since May, we've had, uh, a lot of very frank conversations, um, between us and, you know, USA rugby and other teams, uh, collectively, you know, we, we've all got on these conference calls, which are a bit mind numbing and, you know, we're, we're all on there and USA rugby's on there and everyone's trying to, um, you know, do their best to, you know, to, to kind of find out if we, if we have the right vehicle there, I believe, I mean, everyone's working with the Russians and we, we, we further had a lot of direct conversations with USA rugby. And in the end of the day, you know, we're the, we're the sixth team to withdraw. And um, we notified USA Rugby of the likelihood of our withdrawal about three weeks ago. Um, we, we began talking to a handful of teams around that time too. And, um, I, you know, no one in our conference read this on, you know, read this on the, uh, on the internet. And, and for that matter, nor did some of the other teams that were probably closest to in the competition. And, uh, um, that's, that's the, that's the timing. I, I mean, it's, it's the last business day of the year. I mean, I think we'd been probably better three weeks ago if we would have just pulled the trigger, but we began, I think, trying to look at our work and make sure that we, we really had made the right decision. And, and then in the end of the day, it, we realized, you know, as Friday approached that, uh, um, it was really either we had to do it or not do it, and and you know we made the um, you know we made the decision to um, finally to um, to withdraw, and 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 I know that I should also add that I I I think there was a perception in some that that somehow you know you make that decision you know on Friday somehow that sneaks under the the radar. I don't know if that's true. I mean, I think whenever we would have made this decision, um, it would have been um, it would have been news. And uh, and I you know I kind of disagree that on you know kind of holidays that people are are um, I mean they got more time off from work and they're more engaged in their lifestyles. And I mean, there's a reason why the NFL and the NBA bring games into our into our, into our homes that time of year. And you know, I, I guess. 
you know, that, that part of the timing, you know, couldn't be helped. Um, you know, uh, you know, we regret that anyone thinks that, that we were um, trying to slip something in when in reality we had, we had began those conversations weeks earlier with USA Rugby, if not months earlier. Jack, this is uh, Pat here. Um, you know, was there, you, you looked in, in your explanation, uh, the Q&A, there were a lot of different things that were talked about, be it academics, be it, um, you know, the lack of uh, commercial um, viability to the to D1A and, and uh, lots of different things as sevens and how that's changing the game. Lots of different explanations and reasons. Was there one that was, uh, say, more, uh, that, that weighed in on the decision more or one, that, a final straw that, that broke the camel's back, per se? Um, not necessarily, Pat. I mean, I, I think it, it, it really is what we what we said, that there were, you know, there wasn't one factor. There were several factors, and and um, and and those. Keep in mind, those are our factors, right? I mean, there, we don't expect that anyone else felt that way. The teams. I mean, if you look at the teams that have withdrawn, there there might be some similarity in the reasons, but I, I'm sure that each team had their own reasons based on their own situations. I think the teams that will stay in the competition. Will will ground their reasoning also in, you know, their situation. And uh, um, if, if there was, you know, if you could put an umbrella over some of those factors uh, for us, I think we we lost faith in, you know, in the concept um, and and in in the direction. And and some of that loss of faith has is is kind of management driven, and some that has absolutely nothing to do with the management of the competition. It, it's more of a, a look from inside the, the Premier League and, 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 you know, trying to decide whether this is the right vehicle to grow college rugby. And, and clearly, our, I think our withdrawal says that we don't think it is, that, um, you know, we don't think that from our standpoint that there will there'll be a return on that investment. And, and, and I'm not just, you know, speaking about, you know, money. <laughs> Uh, although money's pretty important to college rugby, uh, we shouldn't we shouldn't shy away from that. But I mean, the return is in a lot of things. The re, you know the return that teams are looking for is that they're looking for new and better athletes and and their their teams to be more attractive places for the very best athletes. Their you know teams are looking for more more campus support. Uh, teams are looking for more media and more fans and you know and then yes, commercial resources and. Um, our view is that that's not our vehicle now. That's not the vehicle that will bring any of those those resources to us. And and then I think as I mentioned also, you know, at least in the Q and A, you know, the quarterfinals and the semifinals did hit us at a you know at a bad time from an academic standpoint. Um, and this wasn't USA Rugby's doing at all. The teams made this decision. I was in the room. I, I was one of the guys realizing that if we were going to get the Premier League started, you know, um, there were, a concession had to be made that we were going to bring the season back. And, and you know, you can go later in May, and, you know, we're out of school, so there's, there's not much conflict. But, it, you know, I, I think it did hit us, hit us, hit us bad um, from an academic standpoint. And, you know, I think our decisions are is that, you know, you start combining all that stuff and, and um, you know, you, you kind of wonder why you're doing it. I, I, I would only kind of add this bit to it, Pat, because I think this is, 
you know, kind of getting into, you know, why the withdrawal. And, and um, I think our, where our planning intersects the decision is we have a very strong commitment and, and actually a responsibility for that matter to kind of, in our situation at Cal, to, to grow the game, to, to grow our game. And, and we need a growth mindset to do that. Um, and, and that growth mindset has to play into every decision that we make. And, you know, sevens was mentioned as part of that. You know, we're, you know, we've, we've just kind of played around with sevens. We've played it one weekend a year. And uh, uh, it's, it's the Olympic sport. And we have players on our team that, that aspire to find out whether they're good enough to do that. And we have to service that dream. And, and it makes sense for us to leverage rugby's involvement in the Olympic Games on our campus for our growth. That, that might be true for all teams, but I know we weren't doing it, and we're going to start doing it, and that's going to create a fall seven season for us. That's an investment. That, you know, that's how we're looking at it. When we, we're going to get on an airplane and go play Utah in, 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 uh, in Utah at Rio Tinto this year, and we see that as an investment. We don't have to play that game, but Utah's a good team, and they're a Pac-12 member, and, you know, they're going to try to do a good job around that game. We're under no, you know, illusions that it's going to have as many fans as the national championship did, but it, it might have more fans than any other game in college rugby that weekend, and that'll be great. You go to Arizona for the same reasons, to play two Pac-12 teams. So we, we just have to be careful where we make our investments um, because we have a requirement to do that. Uh, it, it, I don't think it's a secret that, you know, we pay our own bills at Cal. I mean, that, that's our requirement. Um, when we kind of fought our way back into intercollegiate athletics when we were threatened to be demoted, you know, that even became more apparent that, that we were going to obviously pay every bill that we had from an operation standpoint. And, you know, we, you know, part of the deal that we cut with our university is, is we're going to support two other women's teams. <laughs> You know, we'll, we'll put over the next several years well over a million dollars into the women's lacrosse team at Cal and the women's gymnastics teams because when those two teams were eliminated, you know, that, that changed our Title IX compliance, and that was the main reason why we were being demoted out of intercollegiate athletics because we were going to have to comply with Title IX on a new prong. And, you know, part of our path back in was to help those teams support themselves. Um, so that's an example. And, you know, we, indirect costs hit us. I mean, you know, we pay to have athletic trainers. I mean, the, 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 full, the full cost of that salary and the benefits and the retirement and the same with grounds people and, and you know, academic support people and, you know, our share of the insurance bill. And I don't say any of this for anyone. I mean, that, I wouldn't trade places with anybody. I mean, I love our situation at Cal. I love our challenges. But they require us to, to grow the game. We have to bring more fans to this game. We've got we've to make sure that our media profile in the Bay Area improves even beyond. And we're pretty happy with where we are right now. But it, it has to keep getting better. So the same way in the 80s we said we have to endow the sport. And the same way in the 90s we said we have to build Winter Rugby Field and Doc Hutt Field House. And we've got to fight for varsity status. You know, this is the next set of those fights. We have to keep growing the game. And this is, this is, in our view, what's required to do so. Jack, how did you deal with the players and 
what was their input, if any, into any of this, and what was their reaction? Well, um, we began talking about this in November at the end of our at the end of our kind of autumn trainings, and um, and it's and it's an ongoing discussion with them. It's ongoing, you know. So they've had uh, we've had one discussion face to face on the, on the issue. We've we've you know there's been some notifications. They're on break right now, which is certainly not ideal. Um, but the good news is, is that you know we'll open camp on January 4th. Uh, most of the lads will be back in town before that. We'll we'll have a chance to sit down. I've had a few emails with guys. I think it'd be safe to say that you know there's a bit of leap of faith in all this. You know, anytime you know whether you jump into the Premier League, whether you decide you're not going to be in the Premier League whether you decide you're going to play somebody or not play somebody. I mean, any time that happens, you know, there's going to be, you know, I think a fair degree of, um, of, of concern. And, um, you know, we're in the business of, um, of fulfilling dreams and uh, what we have to be is good at this. And so there'll be a lot of ongoing conversations. Might there be somebody that, that, um, that has another view? Sure. I mean, you know, these are strong-willed young men. I mean, this is a this is a this is a fantastic situation for all of us, I believe, and and I think that we'll come out of this stronger. Jack, you uh, were a strong advocate for for the league to to start, and and as you said, you you felt that the change in the schedule, basically to to get rid of those two game weekends and move to a quarterfinal, semifinal, final format that went into May uh, was going to work. You supported it and um, perhaps, you know, as Cal, you're going to be a leader in that way. If you support it, then people will will notice that. Um, And then you turned around and and say it's not working. Is that, was was that a change of viewpoint from from, uh, your side or, or were you just, were you wrong? Well, Clearly, Alex, it's a it's a change of viewpoint, yeah. and yeah, uh, I mean, I I think it'll it'll be proved that we were wrong. Um, I mean, listen, obviously, I endorse the concept. Um, we'd had a rugby super league for a while, and there had been you know a, a degree of success there. There was a lot of noise about creating a college premier league. Um, I think what you're alluding to is, you know, in, in some parts of our community, people are opining that Cal didn't want a Premier League. Somehow, you know, we were fat and happy to be right where we were, and and that, you know, two match weekends really suited us, and and that we were the ones standing in the way. So, you know, together with a handful of other teams, you know, we we opted in, and and personally, I had probably as much to do with it as anybody. I mean, helping to, you know, with others to really develop, you know, some of the principles of the competition that, that you know, that there, there'd be four regions and there'd be eight teams per region and, and we'd play on Saturdays, single weekends. Um, you know, so, I mean, there's, there's no, <laughs> there's no denying I supported, you know, the creation of the CPL, which, and then it became the CPD, and now it's the D1A. And and not only did I, you know, I sp- support the creation of it. I, I, you know, I helped broker USA Rugby's involvement in the competition to make sure it was, um, you know, officially endorsed, you know, by them. Um, 
yeah, I can't, I can't change any of that. I mean, you know, when you, when you change your mind, you change your mind. I think if you go back to that time, though, um, the, 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 those teams that were there early, you know, the, you know, Tennessee was, Navy was, Cal was, BYU was. I mean, once I think, you know, we all decided that's what we were going to do, I think other teams probably did come along and, um, um, you know, I, I tried to use the term opt-in, and when teams decided it wasn't right for them, um, you know, I respected that decision. And, uh, you know, when the five teams directly after the first year opted out, um, you know, I tried to be one of the first to defend that decision. I mean, it, it, you know, it made sense to me when I heard their reasons why they didn't want to be in it. And ultimately, those reasons became similar to ours in some cases. Jack, it's funny that you mentioned Tennessee because I was going to bring them up um, and uh, talk about Dartmouth a little bit too. A couple of things have changed since you guys had been driving for a college from your division. You guys had been trying to make it happen and, and thought it was a good idea. And one of them is the, the conference um, re- restructuring that's happened in Division One that had a large part to do with why Tennessee um, says they backed out because they were able to create something that was very attractive to them, and that's to play in a conference that – mirrors the SEC and for them and for their kids and for recruiting athletes on their campus that was going to mean more to them than playing in a college mirror division against Lice and Arkansas States and BYU's and, and Cal's to them playing in the SEC was something that was was bigger and better um, kind of the same uh, line of reasoning was used by some of the people at Dartmouth um, saying that you know their alumni and their their um, their people in their front or in their athletic office and the people that they dealt with at the university cared more about beating Harvard than they ever cared about winning game, you know, beating Rutgers in the D one D one a that playing against their traditional rivals meant more. Um, and you've mentioned um, that you brought up throughout that Q and a, the PAC 12 and, and PAC 12 TV, and you mentioned PAC 12 and how it's important for you to go to Arizona and Utah and play these PAC 12 teams. Um, I've got to imagine that played a large part of it, but also, you know, is there a PAC 12 rugby on the horizon? Um, and how will that come into it? Uh, Pat, I'll, I'll answer the last part first. I, I hope so. I mean, there's a there's a strong programming need within the Pac-12, and I think you can only watch so much women's softball before you got to see a tackle at some point, you know. So I'm I'm hoping that rugby can fill part of that need. Um, I you know I don't have a time frame for that personally, and and you know obviously others control those kind of decisions, but. Um, here's what it's anchored in. Um, there's there's a credibility around that. I mean, the the, the the credibility around the Ivies, you know, the credibility around the SEC. That's you no know, that that's everywhere. That's all over our country, and and that credibility is the Pac-12 on our campus and for many teams in in, in our region. And you know, we have to leverage those credibility um, levers wherever we have them. I mean. What stands in the way of us getting the athletes we want for our sport, for us getting the media attention we want, for us getting the fans in the stands and sponsors and all of that, what, what stands in our way before anything else is credibility, that the, the game in many quarters is, is just seen as recreational. And for those of us that, that really do want to grow the game, then, you know, we have to use things like, like our participation in the Olympic Games, not just wait to participate, not just take some money from the USOC to help better prepare the team, 
but to actually use the imagery and, 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 the, and the concept of the Olympic Games to help grow our sport in high schools and colleges and, and other places. And, and in many ways, the Pac-12 does the same thing for us. I mean, there's just something very legitimate about it. And, uh, um, you know, so, yes, um, I mean, that has a lot to do with our decision. And um, nothing, nothing is, 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 is directly on the horizon. We've been working at this for a while. I mean, I guess, is this, is this year five or six or something that we've been, that, the, that many of the member schools in the Pac-12 have traveled to UCLA for a preseason tournament? And, and of course, Stanford held a seven-a-side tournament. We, we had something else going that day, but they, they held a, a, a you know, seven-a-side tournament. So some of, this, some of this initiative has been playing out over a period of years. Um, I'd like to, geez, I'd like to see it play out in so many ways. I mean, when, when you really sit down with a blank piece of paper and, you know, I mentioned that, you know, our commissioner has been, of the PAC-12 has been over in Asia. You know, he sees that market as, as our market, you know, a lot of basketball in China, you know. Uh, uh, you know, he sees playing, you know, football games and basketball games and maybe other sports there you know, to really get those kind of exchanges going, cultural exchanges, sporting exchanges, but that's our marketplace. That's, a, that's an addition. That Pacific Rim is an addition to our marketplace. And, you know, I, I, I love that concept. You know, I, I love the idea that, that, that we could be, you know, working smart like that, making those kind of investments to help, to help grow our game. And I think rugby is, is really well-suited for that. I mean, how great would a, would a Pac-12 all-star team you know, traveling, you know, traveling through and playing maybe some of those really good Japanese universities that that you know where rugby is a very significant sport in Japan in high school and and in, in, at the university level. So, hey, you know, at some point you just gotta you gotta decide that that's a that's a very good direction and we have to head that direction and um, there there is nothing brand new about any of that. I did a I did an interview with a with a gal that was was in the New York Times last year, and somebody just sent it to me. It just reminded me that we were talking about, you know, how conferences, you know, this was a year ago, you know, how conferences can can assist the growth of the game, and um, I think I think they can. I think it's just one of those leverage points that we have to use. I got to ask you a follow up to that, Jack. Um, I don't, I don't know you well. I, this is probably the second or third time I ever talked to you, so I don't make too many presumptions. But you strike me as a guy who isn't gonna, you know, put all of his eggs into a basket that he doesn't think is, you know, uh, has a, a weave that's structurally sound. If you mention the Pac-12, um, I would like to link the fact that you, you're talking to somebody that that's especially the Pac-12 TV, not necessarily joining the official Pac-12 or anything along those lines, but you mentioned Pac-12 TV. Um, I've got to think that you're probably talking to somebody, be it at your university or involved with Pac-12 TV, that's giving you a reason to believe that that might be a real possibility. Is that a, a fair assumption to make that you're not just uh, saying Pac-12 TV because there is a Pac-12 TV, but that you've talked to somebody who may be in the know and that this actually may be a real possibility? Oh yeah, of course. I mean, I wouldn't, you know, I'm, it's not, you know, it, it's ambitious, right? It's, it's man on the moon stuff in some ways, but it's not, it's not in others, you know, I mean, you don't, you just pick up the phone and you call the, you know, you just call the commissioner and you say, we got a sport. And he goes, yeah, I love rugby. You know, I lived in Australia for a while. I've lived in England for a while. I've been to the world cup. Rugby's a great game. You know, this might be a golden opportunity, you know, 
and and you know we have meetings within all the head coaches at Cal, and we we talk about not just for rugby, but you know what what are some of our opportunities going forward for for baseball, for our track and field program, for our aquatics programs. I mean, th- there's a lot more opportunity right now to broadcast our content than we than we've ever had. We we've, we've never had a Pac-12 network, you know. We, we've never had the opportunities that, that are in, in front of us today. And, and I think some of those opportunities are going to be growing for, for all teams, right? I mean, aren't we just going to go to Google TV any day right now and just hit the rugby button and, and a bunch of rugby's going to show up? I, I, I mean, I, I, I kind of think that this opportunity extends beyond conferences. But, yes, we, 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 we certainly have an opportunity in front of us um, at, at Cal, but – for that matter, all of the Pac-12 teams, and we'll, we'll see which which of those Pac-12 teams, you know, want this opportunity. I, I mean, re- remember now that the only requirements in the Pac-12 is that you field a football team, a men's and women's basketball team, and a women's volleyball team. That's it. You know, those are the only required sports. So, you know, our, our men's swimming team just won the NCAA championships a year ago. UCLA, you'd think they'd be good in swimming. They don't even have a swimming team. You know, so different different teams have different sports. Some of us row, some of us don't row, on and on. Some play water polo, some don't play water polo. Well, in our case, you know, there's rugby teams on, on all 12 of these campuses. Um, maybe all 12 decide that they want to package their rugby in an enhanced way because that's really the requirement. What we can't do is just do the same old stuff we've been doing. We're going to have to really put our best foot forward and, and package the game well, um, and maybe everyone comes along and wants to do that. Maybe six teams do, eight teams do. You know, that's good enough as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I think, you know, this is about leveraging the credibility of, of Pac-12 in our case, the same way that the, the credibility of Big Ten and SEC and ACC and Ivy, you know, all of those all of those entities have their own credibility, and every time – that they're successful in planning and executing plans, it helps all of our rugby. And the idea that there's an Ivy League championship, I think, is fantastic. You know, we're not allowed to play in it. That's just how the rules work, right? It's only for them. But if they execute that plan well, it helps all of our rugby. The Army-Navy game helps all of our rugby if they do a good job packaging it, which, of course, they do. We will be right back here with Jack Clark, University of California head coach on Rugamatrix America. Hey fans, go to RugbyImports.com for all your rugby outfitting needs. Whether you're kitting out your team with our American-made jerseys, stocking up on training supplies, or just getting a new pair of boots, Rugby Imports has all you need for on the field and off. Go to RugbyImports.com. Hey, don't forget, the biggest rugby party in the USA is slated for February 10th through 12th, 2012 in Las Vegas, Nevada. The USA 7's International Rugby Tournament brings the United States and 15 other top International 7's teams to the American Stop on the World Series circuit. It's three days of thrilling action. Go to USA7's.com for details and great hotel and ticket packages. And if you're a player, the Las Vegas Invitational is where you can play rugby before seeing the USA 7's. Presented by Stations Casinos, the LVI is the biggest tournament in the country and offers 7's and 15's playing opportunities for all levels. 
Go to LBIRugby.com for details on how to sign up and get great USA 7s deals and special rates on stations, casinos, hotels. Once again, go to LBIRugby.com for details. Well, we are back here on Rugby Matrix America with Cal head coach Jack Clark, and this is Alex Goff with RugbyMag.com, along with Pat Clifton and Bruce McLean asking the questions. And we've been talking a lot about conference play. Uh, Cal has pulled out of the Collegiate Premier Division, D1A, uh, but there's still a lot of rugby to be played. We've been, we're, we've been discussing the potential of a Pac-12 season. It's not happening yet, but it could happen. And Jack, as you mentioned, that it doesn't have to be all 12 of them, and, and you don't think that it, it's uh, there's a desperate need for say USC to get up into the elite level for a Pac-12 or, or, or a league involving Pac-12 teams? I don't think so. I mean, that's the, the, the fact is, is that we, you know, we play 29 sports and, and, and SC doesn't. <laughs> so they might, they might not, you know, maybe that rugby team doesn't come along. On the other hand, you know, they're a private school. I think they've got their title nine considerations well in hand. I mean, Boy, they'd be a great team to 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 go from where they are to where we all want to be overnight. You know, they would they would be they would be probably great at it, extraordinary at it. I mean, it, it's a it's a very strong athletic program there. So, but but who knows? I, I mean, it, it you know Stanford is, is 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 doing really well, and UCLA is doing really really well, and and. Uh, um, obviously Utah and the two Arizonas and Colorado's doing well. And, you know, we, we've got a bunch of good programs. You've really been very open about how you did what you did at Cal. You know, there's been numerous interviews in Rugby Magazine over the years, RugbyMag.com, where you've discussed how you, and you've given coaching clinics on it as well, how you dealt with the university, how you professionalized your program, how you raised money, um, how you put things together in place to to act professional or act varsity prior to getting varsity status and all that kind of stuff. I think, well, I would think that in order to make this work in in the Pac-12, you would kind of need to give that expertise again and almost kind of word because while some of those teams are, are good, like Utah, Colorado, and, and uh, the Arizonas and UCLA. There are teams that are more recreational but still have rugby. And if you can get them like a, like UW that can get good quick, and then NSC, as you said, is there a way that – is that something that's in your thought process to aid rugby in the Pac-12, where you – give them your expertise or share it. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I would be happy to. It's really around the packaging of our game. I mean, I think our coaches do a really good job coaching. I think the players are are, are really special young men at all these teams. Um, you, know, I, I, you know, I think if you meet, you know, an, an alumnus from one college program, you've met one from every college program. I mean, the similarities are more than you think. Where we let ourselves down is we lose that idea that we, we we've got to better package the game every year. We you know we we got to get in the right kit and we got to get in the right numbers and the sideline has to look a certain way. And all of that stuff is pretty easy. 
I, I mean, it's pretty easy. And, and it's not like we're, we're trying to run by the football team. You know, that, that's not the goal here. We're trying to run by those other Olympic-type sports, which aren't all that up sometimes. You know, it's not like that is, you know, a bridge too far for us. So um, I think if we just package the game a little bit, I mean, look what, look what USA 7s, the LLC, has done. They're invitational. I mean, just, just take a look at that. I mean, just, just making sure that all of the referees are in identical kit. Not, not the same roughly color blue jersey or something, but I, you know, manicured. And, 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 and the stands are full because it promotes, you know, they have, a, they have a significant media partner and they have significance up. And whether the teams win or lose, they all walk away with a smile on their face that they just had this new wonderful and rich experience. It, it's not, right? So the, the packing, you know, and we didn't do anything, Bruce, to actually change the inside of the game, all we do is packaging, just dress it up a little bit. And, you know, that's the one thing our has to do better. We just got to put our best foot forward a little more often. Um, speaking of sevens, then, uh, you, Jack, you mentioned that, that going forward, you'll be looking at a, a, a serious fall sevens uh, season. And, and also, uh, I think you've, you've fully embraced the, the USA sevens invitational as long as they invite you. Um, that that changes a lot about how you put, and you've already changed dr- dramatically your season coming up because of course you're not in the Premier League any anymore. You've you've kept some of those fixtures. You've moved some of those fixtures. Um, how, how is that going to change? Uh, you know, how is that going to change you recruiting players? How is that going to change how you uh, prepare players? And, and even um, what what about the administration? The, the the university administration at Berkeley? How they feel about that? Well, I mean, we, we take our participation. I mean, as a, as a university, we take we take our our, our accomplishments of former athletes and current athletes participating nationally in the Olympic Games, in World Championships, um, you know, with a lot of pride. And uh, so, you know, obviously, it's a, it's a really exciting period for us to to be able to not just be able to play promote athletes to the international level and to a World Cup. But, but now potentially, you know, to the to the Olympic Games. So um, I, I I think everyone is of like mind now around what a, what a great opportunity this is, and 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 maybe uniquely uniquely so for us. And uh, I, I you know we've always trained in the autumn. We just haven't played games. And what we're going to do now is is we'll we'll pull from our existing squad of players. Those players which. Um, you know, have a desire to play seven-a-side rugby and have the ability to play seven-a-side rugby, and and we'll go play them, you know, in, in, like I said, three to four tournaments, maybe more. Um, that's the plan. The other the other players will will continue to do what we're doing now. They're in a year-round training program aimed at them reaching their potential in 15-a-side rugby. And, you know, I, I, you know, we had quite a few guys in the Rugby World Cup team, and, and uh, you know, we're – Quite a few guys in the All-American team. I, I, I think we're, you know, it, it, the evidence suggests that we're doing a good job developing, you know, at least for our country, elite-level players. And, and we want to, you know, we want to stay in that business. We just want to, you know, pick up our the seven-a-side thing a little bit. And, you know, listen, Colin Hawley and, and, and Blaine Scully, we've got a couple guys on the sevens team now. We're, we're very proud of those guys, and we just want to see if we can promote some more guys that direction. Actually, had seven 
Cal alumni on the uh, Rugby World Cup squad, seven out of 30, and that was far and away the the most from, from any university team. Um, so it, it, the, the interesting thing will also be how that um, dovetails into um, the type of team you put on the field. Yeah. Um, in seven side outs? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I think we've had, um, I think we, in, in, the, in the first couple of tournaments we played in, um, I think we, we had pretty good teams out there. You know, we, we just, we just got beat. I mean, you know, we got beat in the final by, by Utah and, and, um, and then we, we got beat in the quarters by Utah <laughs> and, uh, we just got beat by a better team on the day. And seven aside is kind of this beautiful, cruel game. You know, I mean, I'm, I kind of half love it and I, I kind of half hate it, you know, it's, but it's, it's, uh, it's intoxicating. I mean, it's just fantastic really. And, uh, so, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's hard to maybe, um, you know, put, the, put a stamp on it to kind of impose your, yourself on the sevens game the way you can, you know, on a 15s game. But, you know, we're, 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 excited. we're excited for the challenge. And, uh, you know, we, we, look, we look forward to it. Jack, um, not to, to go too far back, but um, I got a couple questions that I had in the bank that I wanted to ask you. You mentioned in your in your Q and A, which I keep referring back to, um, the lack of uh, you know money you got back from um, the uh, the championship game, the BYU Cal championship game that had ten thousand, eleven thousand, whatever the number was, fans down at Rio Tinto. Um, you mentioned that a little bit, and I've heard complaints from other coaches um, from around the CPD and D1A about um, being promised sponsorships and 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 some uh, maybe some travel subsidiaries from from sponsors or some kind of financial kickback that they never received. Um, you know, how big of a factor was that in the decision? And, and is that true? Was there an indication or were you led to believe by USA rugby and by um, the management of the, of the CPD or D1A that there would be more sponsorship and more kickback? And, and did it leave a sour taste in your mouth? The fact that you and BYU drew, you know, however many thousand fans into that stadium and um, you still had to pay your way to get there and pay your way to get home without any help. Uh, Pat, I appreciate this question because I think it's important. I mean, one of the agreements that we had in place, and this is one of the best things, really, you know, about the Premier League, and you know, I've tried to be fair about it. You know, I think it was a mixed bag. Some of it was really great. The referees were great. We got the best referees. They were all trained up. That was fantastic. You know, the 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 you know the postseason was pretty efficient. You know, the 16th seed wasn't flying across country to go play you know, BYU or Cal. And I mean, so there was a lot that was, was, was right about things. Um, and one of the other things that was right is we, we had an agreement in place where every bit of income that could have been distributed was meant to be distributed 31 equal shares for 31 teams in the competition. And, and I love that part. You know, I, I thought we were all, you know, whether, whether you were, you know, traveling and, and, and using expense budget to go play in the first round of your conference or whether you were flying to play in the finals. I mean, the fact is is that dollars are dollars and that, you know, at some point we were all going to be able to share in, in the profits of the competition. So I I don't have any concern around the agreements and um, 
I think it was the right agreement. I mean, for the semis, we were disappointed to have to go to Glendale. We didn't think it was the right decision that four teams were all going to travel. It was going to make our costs go up. Um, you know, and then we were going to play at night, and that meant we were going to stay another day. And, you know, our expenses, you know, we weren't going to be able to get, you know, students back to campus, and we we're going to have another night of, of, of expenses. And, and USA Rugby at that point offered the four semifinalists you know, a bit of travel grant. We, we didn't take it. Uh, you know, I, I think in the, in, in the, in the dust-up at the end of the year, USA Rugby reported that three teams accepted it and one team didn't, and we didn't. We, we didn't think that we – we weren't happy to spend money to go there to play in front of no fans, mind you. Um, but we didn't think it was the right thing that, that, that we would take money that not all the teams were participating in. And that was our, that was our view – of the final as well. So my comments about I was disappointed we didn't receive anything. I, we is that all of us? There there wasn't any distribution there. That 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 and I I don't know why. I mean I I, I heard you guys on your podcast say that there were a thousand people watching the high school game, and the next thing you know there were another ten thousand came in for the for the final. But that money wasn't divided ten to one. That money was divided in some other way, and there just wasn't any left for the team. And um, not, there's no shots here at USA Rugby. I mean, I think those people are doing their very best, and um, you know, I, I I haven't hid the fact that I, I think the management could have been better, but I, I'm not willing to go down some road where you know, you know, we I'm publicly bashing the national governing body of the sport. That that doesn't doesn't make any sense. With that said, I'll say this: that we we didn't really asked for any sponsorship the whole first year. I mean, I, I at one point after the season said, can I see one of the sponsorship proposals that we sent out? You, you can, you know, you can scrub it. You can take out the name and the amounts and just, I just want to see how we were sold. And well, and, and the word came back was we never got that far. You know, we never really made a proposal. So yeah, that lets me down. I mean, it, it, it lets all those teams down. I think that we're doing their end of that bargain um, but you can only hope that going forward, the competition will, will, you know, will have more success. That that they'll find some sponsorship dollars, because you know, I think the game is worthy of sponsorship. I, I've said that all all the way along. I, you know, I've I've always personally had a had a bit of success explaining the game of rugby people, uh, explaining the game of rugby to people, to potential sponsors, and having them think that this was a good opportunity and. Um, I, I want I want the game I want I want more resources brought to our game so that we can improve the experiences of the players and we can better finance the game. I also want to, I'll follow that up because I'll refer back again to your Q and A. Um, you mentioned something, if I remember correctly, about a bowl system going forward. Maybe how you know, bowls may be the way to go, and if you that you, you don't necessarily need a national championship, at least that's the way it seemed. Um, but I'll ask, it would seem that if you did do your individual conferences, um, a Pac-12 rugby could potentially exist outside of the auspices of USA Rugby. Do you see college rugby going that way? To, do you see college rugby in five, ten, two, three, however many years, eventually getting out from under the governance of USA Rugby, governing itself? Because it seems like we've been close to doing it a couple times, um, and, and maybe we're edging a little bit closer still. Do you see 
that being a future where the USA Rugby National Championship isn't the end-all, be-all for a lot of the teams in the country, and maybe you're playing for a private championship or playing for private conference championships or playing for something else? Well, I, I think it could happen. Um, you know, I, I guess I've come down on the side of believing that we should have one really strong national governing body that was capable of servicing the, you know, the professional end of the game, if you will, um, you know, the national teams and working with the IRB and working with the USOC and at the same time doing its part, you know, to, um, you know, to help the growth of, you know, youth and high school and college rugby. So I, I've been of the mindset um, for many years, and I, I am today, that one strong national governing body is the right way to go. Now, I, I, I would stop at some point suggesting that they, what does their governance look like? I mean, I feel like, you know, we're governed by our university. We're not governed by, you know, somebody in, um, in in Boulder. I mean, they, they own their championships, and if we elect to play in them, we play in them. And uh, so, I, you know, I guess it's it's the definition of what does governance mean, and, and um, do I think that um, more entities, you know, if you, when you start to look at what, what um, NBC and USA 7s, the LLC have done, I mean, it's pretty impressive. I mean, and it's, you know, it's not a surprise to me. I mean, John Prosmack is a, is a gift to American rugby. This man is a gift. <laughs> and you've got really solid operators like Dan Lyle, you know, that are real professionals. And, you know, it is not a surprise to me that that competition is having as much success and has as much runway to even have more success. Um, could something like that come to 15s? It, it, it could. And, and I guess, what, uh, Pat, when I mentioned bowl games, um, I guess I was just saying everything's got to be on the table. I mean, people started mentioning bowl games to me. It's not my idea. And I think I might have mentioned, I can't remember, in the Q&A, but I was pretty dismissive at first. I went, really? A bowl game for rugby? Yeah, be kidding me. And then, you know, somebody explains, well, no, you could do it at all kinds of levels. And, you know, you could really create some great experiences for the players. And, and you know, you start thinking about that through the players' eyes, and, you know, some of that makes sense. I mean, it can't just be about is Cal and BYU going to play in the national championship. I mean, shouldn't shouldn't all the teams have a good end to their season? And and if and if they're champions in their own right in their own patch, shouldn't they be able to play some other champion? And and even if they're even if they're the, the next team down, maybe uh, you know our, our Cal football team. I mean, we're six and six this year. I guess I, I think that's what we are. Maybe we're seven and six. But we're, we're playing um, Texas, who, who has a very similar record. And I think that game's today, mind you. And, uh, yeah, but it's a bowl game. So all week long we've been hearing about these players. I mean, of course, school's not in session. And, you know, these guys, are, they have time to train hard. And then they, they go to a hospital and they see sick kids one day. And, and, and they, they try to kind of help in the community. And the next day they're off to the San Diego Zoo. And, the next, you know, I, I mean, that's a lot different than, you know, flying into – Salt Lake City on Friday and, you know, leaving the next morning and, and with a national championship. So it could be a better experience, and it could be a better experience not just for, you know, the last couple teams standing, but maybe for many other teams. So I, I mentioned it because I'm open to anything. I mean, I think we have to be. If we have that growth mindset, we've got to be looking at, at really what are the ways that, 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 that we can 
we can, you know, truly, truly grow, grow the collegiate game. Would you rather have a small Pac-12 initially and be able to play schools like a BYU, uh, UBC, uh, St. Mary's, just because they have, for lack of a better word, commercial viability for your university, for, for rugby in general, but for your university in particular, and their universities in particular as well, um, either way, those games would be or are well attended no matter what. Yeah, you, you're, you're right, Bruce. And, and I, I don't know that I'd say I'd rather have a small Pac-12. I think there's enough time to do everything, really, in, in the season. I, but, I meant initially. I meant in, in, initially as – like even to say I, I would go so far as to say – a two-tiered Pac-12, where you can even call it the North and South or the Red and White division, while the the second tier of the Pac-12 kind of gets themselves up to speed without having to be embarrassed or possibly even injured or something like that. Well, you know I mean, cer- certainly to the I think to the media question. I mean, you know, going to keep playing UBC, been playing it for 80 years, going to play them home and away. It's a very important game on our campus. And we appreciate that no one else cares, but that, that doesn't matter. I mean, it's, it's super important to us. And, you know, just on the other side of the hill, we've got St. Mary's College. You know, they've always been good. They're, if it's possible to get better, they're getting better. Um, they're, you know, we, we have great games with them. Um, the games, as you point out, Bruce, really well attended. These are, these are strong commercial games you know they get in the newspapers kind of thing there's going to be a picture in the paper and you know and three million people in the bay area are going to see a rugby guy in the sports page right and um and you know yes and the same with byu and there's and there's reasons for us to play uc davis i mean you know sister schools in in the uc system um you know there used to be a competition called the the all cal tournament which was fantastic all the uc schools santa barbara and davis and ucla and cal and, and Santa Cruz and Irvine and on and on, you know, San Diego, and we all play in a preseason tournament. It kind of went away. Well, why, why did it go away? I mean, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of all in, to a certain degree, we're in a similar budget situation for that, that part of our budget, which we received from the state, and, and it kind of makes sense. Um, we had we to play in that tournament one weekend a year, just like we're, we're doing in the, in, in, in the Pac-12 tournament. So, yes, there, there's, there's, it's a necessity to play other games outside of the Pac-12. I mean, one of the things that we're really hurt by now is, you know, I don't, I don't know that, you know, I don't know that the Premier League was ever going to deliver us a game with, with Notre Dame, you know? So if we want that game, we're going to have to just go schedule it, right? I, and, and, you know, we have to play at some point against these military academies. You know, we so respect those guys and what they're doing. And, and, uh, you know, we've, we've, we've never played at West Point. We've never played at, at, at Navy Marine Corps Stadium, you know, in Annapolis. And that's wrong. Not only do we want to do that because the rugby is good, those games, those games are, are, are games that can help us grow our rugby and hopefully help them grow theirs. And we'll be right back on Rugby Matrix America. Jonah Lamu Rugby Challenge is now available for pre-order at GameStop and the store at GameShark.com. Order now and get a free t-shirt with pre-orders. Games Radar says the game looks fantastic and plays smoothly. A long time coming and worth the wait. 
Get your copy today and get the game hailed by Gamer Fusion as a great experience. Jonah Lamu Rugby Challenge offers an unrivaled Xbox 360 rugby experience. Featuring 93 teams and 31 stadiums, online leaderboards, in-game Dolby Digital, and multiplayer voice chat. Buy now and be among the first to play this acclaimed game and get a free rugby t-shirt. Check out GameStop, GameShark.com, and check out the ad on our main page at RugbyMag.com for more. Well, we are back on Rugged Matrix America, and we are talking with Cal head coach Jack Clark, and we've been talking about the potential for any college rugby team that has a strong college sports brand to be able to spread that around and perhaps schedule some exciting uh, matchups between them and some some other teams and and, and use that to help promote the sport and uh, and get more exposure for everybody. Jack, uh, uh, to that and to the, the – there are so many names in college sports. And we've talked to, about this a lot with talking about the the, the USA 7's uh, CRC Invitational and, and the invita- inviting uh, name teams uh, to help market the sport. There's also a growth within uh, college rugby of varsity programs or near varsity programs that are – they're not well known in the the world of college sports. That's one of the reasons why they've looked around and said, well, we're not going to do a football team, but how about we do a rugby team? So Life University, very well known in, in rugby in the United States, but not well known for doing much else uh, uh, athletically. Davenport University and and just lately Lindenwood, which is a Division Two team, but is generally putting up three figures of everybody that they play. These are varsity or near varsity programs that are that are being are really successful on a rugby level what does it do how would you look at it when you see these te- these programs out there because they're not brands they're not part of any well-known uh conference does that detract from from the game or or is there an opportunity there to to spread the game in a different way no it's an opportunity and and uh um, so for those schools that um, they have a pathway to varsity status because they don't have a football team, because they're not underwater in their Title IX considerations, um, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, so I don't know anything about, I mean, I know Life College because, or Life University, because we played them when they were Life Chiropractic College in the national championships in the 80s, and we've, we've of course, played them recently, and um, but I don't know Davenport and Linwood. I don't. I don't. I don't know those those, those teams. But outwardly, you know, what you've seen there is there's there's a bunch of good rugby people around those those programs, and they've decided, hey, we have a pathway here. Let's make a plan specific to our situation, and let's see if we can maximize that plan. And and in some places, that plan is to is to go over and get away from club sports and go into the office of the president and and get a waiver for international students and build a team you know, largely on international students. You know, I mean, all of these things can be seen as, as, as ways to build rugby in a, in, in a, you know, which are specific to a certain campus. And, you know, I applaud them all. I don't, I don't have, uh, I don't have any issues with it. And I, I, I think you, you use what you have to use. I mean, to, to, to that point, um, you, you're mentioning um, name teams, uh, Alex, but uh, I, after we played life this past year, uh, uh, Dan Payne told me a, a great story. He said that the president of the university had had actually built. Maybe you guys know the story better than I do, but it 
had, had a you know they had um, they had paid to have erected a um, a large billboard on one of the main highways, kind of leading into in, into into Georgia into Marietta, and you know where you know you want to see the LSU Tigers and the and the Tennessee Volunteers, you know you do it on our campus, you know here in Marietta, and I thought well isn't that bright, you know here's a guy you know, using these great iconic brands. I mean, who doesn't know the Tennessee Volunteers, the LSU Tigers, right? So, you know, using those to build his situation for his team. And, and you know, I think you use what you have available. He, You know, he did. I saw that billboard when I went down there and watched him play uh, Tennessee. And maybe the most impressive thing was the numbers that were sitting next to Lice. Um, there were much, uh, you know, the life name much greater than those sitting next to Tennessee and Virginia Tech names. Um, but and we, well, you just said you you want to play Army, you want to play Navy. Um, there, St. Mary's locally makes a lot of sense for you, and and I get that we want to take this game commercially and we want to make it commercially viable. I've been a huge um, backer, defender of of the CRC and its reputation. Um, I fought Bruce tooth and nail several times about it. But um, you know, there's also that sense of you want to be the best. You gotta you know you gotta beat the best. You want to play really, really good games against the best teams in the country. And while right now Army and Navy and BYU um, are also big names and also some of the best teams in the country, and St. Mary's is is a big, na- you know, a pretty big name and a one of the best teams in the country. Um, those Davenport's, the Linwoods, the Lice, Arkansas States are, are getting a lot better, and they are going to be on the same realm if they're not already um, with some of those schools. Is there going to be a desire for Cal to play those guys and, and compete? find a way to, to compete against Arkansas State and the ascending programs because it's it's really tough to see it's tough to kind of fathom that the the program that has all the national championships seems to be devaluing the national championship just a little bit well we're I would say it differently and I, and I appreciate I appreciate how you said it but I would say it differently I'd say we're just trying to grow our rugby and and uh, I don't know where the national championships are, are, are going to go. All, all I know is that I don't believe for us that the Premier League is the right vehicle. I mean, when you look at Arkansas State, I mean, that's not, you know, I don't look at that as, as an off-brand. I mean, you know, it, it's not the Arkansas Razorbacks, fair enough, right? But, but you know, it's the state school of Arkansas. And, um, no, I, I, yeah, I think, I think that game gets played somehow, some way, sometime, you know. I mean, why not? Um, you know, we, we've got to make our investments so pretty carefully. I mean, I, you know, let me just go back to reminding you that, you know, we're, we're going to um, we're going to pay a lot of money to, for other teams and for every everything we're going to do, and we're gladly do that. Um, and we're going to grow our program in the Pac-12 direction. We're going to grow our program in the sevens direction, and 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 we still want to go play yes Navy and all these other teams. So you know. As time and budget allows, yes. I mean, I, I think you, I think those games still get p- played at some point. They probably do get played for sure in the seven-a-side format, and they probably will get played in the 15th for, to, to some degree. That's it. Let I, me ask this as a follow-up. I don't mean to cut you off. Cal, do you guys want to compete in the seventh national championship, the one that the USA Rugby is going to throw forth? Um, assuming that, you know, let's obviously the timing is an issue, but if that thing's played in November, you set aside fall sevens for November. Is that a, still a USA rugby seven, you know, national championship that you see the bears potentially attaining to, to go get? Yeah, potentially. Yes. I mean, I, you know, 
you know, in the McAfee plan, one of the things we don't do is talk about championships that we haven't qualified for, you know. So, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I it, you know, hard to say whether we could qualify. <laughs> but but if we could, if it was played at the right time, yeah, I, why not? I mean, you know, go play the game. Especially, by the way, as a follow-up, especially because it's in fall. I mean, that's where we're going to play our sevens. We're going to play our sevens in the fall. We see this NBC event as an outlier to that, as one of the things we're going to do because we see it as such a special opportunity for the game of rugby that we want to, you know, we want to commit to it if we're invited. But, you know, sevens is where we're going to play our our, our um, uh, fall is when we're going to play our sevens rugby. So, yeah, I mean, if there's tournaments in the fall, we want to go play them. I think that, that I, I've actually thoroughly enjoyed this uh, this podcast, um, but I think that those one-off games are a lot bigger than than, than maybe e- even a lot of people would think. If if Cal were to come to the East Coast, it it it's such a drawing card for. I, I just remember like when I'm back, came here and and different types of games like that. Teams don't get to see you play live. People don't get the opportunity to see you play live maybe but once or twice in their lives. And and it's kind of nice to be able to get that opportunity where you get to see the best play live. And 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 I think that in doing that, I think that that probably was was the goal behind the college premier division at the outset. And it, it just maybe got a little bit too big and overwhelming for itself that, you know, I, it's almost like you want to get a group of teams together that want to play each other because they enjoy playing each other. And in doing it, it's still a really good spectacle and it's a great time. And I could, I, is that kind of what you're saying? Obviously you want to promote it, but it is, there's games that you just want to play and it is a good spectacle and it's a great time. And and it like when we played you, it was fantastic, just a fantastic experience. Awesome to walk into a huge crowd. Awesome to walk, you know, shocked that shocked us out of our out of our skin when you scored and that damn fight song went on. Like what the hell is that? And just loud as hell and everyone's going crazy. And then we were we were Mike and I looked at each other like what the heck is that? And and then going down to Florida when we played in Florida. It was like the whole damn tournament just paraded around. It was just right there. Everybody was interested. Everybody wanted to see the product that they don't get to see. And I and I, you know, and I think that that part is real interesting to me. Getting to see something that you don't get that often. You know, like I would love to see a Cal Life game in in California. And be lucky enough to be playing Old Club or Golden Gate that day. Be awesome. You know, I don't know. Is that, is that kind of what you're thinking, or am I? Because, because of the brand, right? I mean, uh, you know, everyone knows the AC, and uh, so that was that was fantastic. You know, for us. I mean, you know, I, I don't think we would just start scheduling club teams just because they were good rugby teams. You know, I mean, I think. It, it's it's got to be a little bit more than that, you know. And the idea that you know the New York AC produces Olympians, you know, they're they're you know they're one of those storied places in 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 the history of uh, of amateur sport in this country. And 
So that that kind of works on a college campus. That's all there is to it. I mean, that you know, no one batted an eye in our administration that you know we were going to play the New York Athletic Club. You know, it, 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 well, okay, well that makes sense. You know, it was like you know the athlete in action basketball team was showing up with with you know 30 year old guys to to play our, our our basketball team. I mean, no one really batted an eye because there was that credibility and. Um, that that is important to us because those are the kind of games that we can monetize. And and I'll tell you, and it was important to us too. I mean, you know, we got Andrew Lindsay played for us, and 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 Louis Stanfield played for us, and that on that trip is where I first met Tim O'Brien, and 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 we've had a few of their players come play for us. So it's those types of things that really get those relationships where you could where you could have where you can where you can have those those people come and continue to play and, and, and the value that we've gotten them. Louis Stanfield's playing for us this year, the value that we've gotten for that. And he's one of my favorite players ever. And I, you know, it, it, the value that you get from seeing, playing, being a part of that whole thing is fantastic. It really is. It's a fantastic thing. And, and it's almost an electric atmosphere. And the more you can create those kind of atmospheres, the more the co- like the college game of the week, the one where they had on ESPN, I think they had three or four games one year. It was fantastic. I don't know what it was like live, but I saw it on TV, and it seemed pretty good on TV, so I'm sure it was fantastic live. Uh, live, it was cold, but that was just the BYU game that I was at. You know, one of the other things about this, uh, Jack, is that um, as as you've seen, you're still seeing it, uh, uh, Cal Rugby can get demonized pretty quickly, and I, and I think that there's an impersonal aspect to the fact that a lot of times people don't play Cal or they don't – like we said, we don't see them other than, than on a webcast or on TV. And I think this happens a little bit with BYU as well. And it would, it would be great to see you do, uh, go do a, a, you know, a Navy Army tour or something like that just so people see the team play in person shake the hands of some of the players and realize, oh, they're just kids just like the kids who go to college over here and remember that you're actually people and um, you're not uh, – you know, you haven't been dragged out from the underworld to come dominate American rugby. Um, and, and, and maybe there's something to be said for that. Yeah, so, so, so you're, you're reckoning that that's going to make people nicer on those comment boards? No, not at all. Uh, the, the, <laughs> comment, the, the, the comments will still be a place that I will uh, tell people like you to just stay away from completely. We are going to take one more break, and then we, we will be back, and we're going to change tack just a little bit and break out of talking about college rugby, but we will still be talking with Cal head coach, Jack Clark, and we'll be right back on Rugby Matrix America. Hey fans, go to RugbyImports.com for all your rugby outfitting needs. Whether you're kitting out your team with our American-made jerseys, stocking up on training supplies, or just getting a new pair of boots, Rugby Imports has all you need for on the field and off. Go to RugbyImports.com. Hey, don't forget, the biggest rugby party in the USA is slated for February 10th through 12th, 2012 in Las Vegas, Nevada. The USA 7's International Rugby Tournament brings the United States and 15 other top International 7s teams to the American Stop on the World Series circuit. It's three days of thrilling action. Go to USA7s.com for details and great hotel and ticket packages. And if you're a player, the Las Vegas Invitational is where you can play rugby before seeing the USA 7s. Presented by Stations Casinos, the LVI is the biggest tournament in the country and offers 7s and 15s playing opportunities for all levels. 
Go to LBIRugby.com for details on how to sign up and get great USA 7s deals and special rates on stations, casinos, hotels. Once again, go to LBIRugby.com for details. Jonah Lamu Rugby Challenge is now available for pre-order at GameStop and the store at GameShark.com. Order now and get a free t-shirt with pre-orders. Games Radar says the game looks fantastic and plays smoothly. A long time coming and worth the wait. Get your copy today and get the game hailed by Gamer Fusion as a great experience. Jonah Lamu Rugby Challenge offers an unrivaled Xbox 360 rugby experience. Featuring 93 teams and 31 stadiums, online leaderboards, in-game Dolby Digital, and multiplayer voice chat. Buy now and be among the first to play this acclaimed game and get a free rugby t-shirt. Check out GameStop, GameShark.com, and check out the ad on our main page at RugbyMag.com for more. And we are back. And this time, Pat, I think you have a question for Jack Clark. Uh, just a little bit of a departure uh, on our subject matter, but still something I know you wanted to bring up. Uh, you've been the head coach of the Eagles before. Um, the Eagles are currently conducting their head coach. Um, you coach with another former head coach in Tom Phillips. Hey, what do you think? Let's let's try to solve one problem quickly. What do you think that needs to be done with that job? Obviously, there's been a lot of money that has been thrown at it with with Eddie O'Sullivan and some of the other um, you know high profile coaches that have been there in the past. I know that me and Alex have kind of lobbied for um, a domestic coach, a cheaper option to share, um, you know, kind of the resources USA Rugby has and put them in other avenues. Uh, but what would you like to see done with that that coaching job, having been in that seat before? Um, I think, you know, it's 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 a, it's a tough call, right? I mean, I've got some, I probably have some friends, uh, former players of mine that. Uh, have their have their hand up for that job, and and maybe some friends that have their hand up for that job, and so I want to be careful in <laughs> not to um, not to spoil any of their chances. <laughs> but uh, you know what I, what I think the Eagles might need more than a coach is um, a general manager, uh, somebody that would be maybe or or a director of rugby that that a big chunk of their portfolio was the Eagles. I mean I think that's what that's what's missing. Um, I mean, I think that there needs to be some program building, you know, done with the U.S. team. And, uh, um, you know, I, I, I think they ought to, you know, stand on their own economics. Um, you know, that's, that's, what, that's what our teams did, and I was very proud of that, that, you know, we didn't get a dime of grant money from the IRB. Now, we, USA Rugby got some grant money from the IRB, but they used it for you know, to, for their mission within domestic rugby. And, um, we didn't, we didn't get any, not a dime of that, you know, kind of dues money, that CIPP money. And I was really proud of that stuff. I, you know, I thought that, I thought it was our responsibility to, to be able to travel our team and to be able to compensate our team to insurance for our team, to medical for our team, to our events. I mean, that, that was really our job and that every dime that's generated, within youth rugby and collegiate rugby and club rugby, you know, ought to stay there. That's where the money should stay. And, and that we ought to, you know, get on a plane and go to Dublin and say, we, we need every bit of this grant money. But, you know, if you really want to help us, you know, get to the quarterfinals of the Rugby World Cup, you know, we, we ought to be spending this money, you know, 
at this level and, and think about the, the infrastructure of, of, of domestic rugby and think how we could, you know, we could better, you know, kind of prop up um, that, that, uh, that architecture and, and improve referees, improve coaches, um, you know, improve, um, uh, you know, some of these representative teams domestically. We've, we've kind of lost all domestic representative rugby. I mean, that's, you know, that's kind of sad. So uh, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I think a lot, of, a lot of the guys that are coaching candidates, that's, that's really, you, you know, what they are. And, and, and I wonder whether they would be able to do any of that. So um, I guess my hope would be is that, you know, I think Nigel's got a very difficult job to be the chief executive officer. And, and you know, that, that, that person has to stay at 30,000 feet and, and do that job. And, I, I just don't see, you know, I don't, I don't see a person that's out there as a commercial director. I don't, I don't see a person, you know, working on, 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 you know, business plans based around national teams so that they can stand on their own two feet and we can redirect these other monies. I mean, you know, we took a lot of pride in the fact that money we brought in for ourselves, we had to share. There was a sharing with USA Rugby, and you know, we're proud of that. We're, we're proud of being able to. You know, be a revenue, be a revenue source, not not uh, a revenue drainer. And uh, so I don't, I don't know if it, maybe that starts with the coach, if it's the right person, or, or maybe it needs to be another person. But that that's what jumps out at me. And then the other thing is that, you know, what we have to do is is be better at at um, giving our coaches programming uh, skills, skills to build programs. I mean, that's. That's you know we're not one scrum move away from kind of beating somebody here you know that that's not our issue our issue is you know how do how do we um, how do we get better at, at at building the program itself and if you divide that into you know bringing applied sports science to these teams like 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 happens right now you know in high school football but it maybe doesn't happen in a lot of college teams you know how do we um, how do we help them technically? How do we help them from a sports science standpoint? And then how do we help them organizationally? How do we help them build those organizations? And there, there's a whole, you know, we, we at Cal we gave a, um, you know, we gave a coaches clinic one time, and it, and it really was received pretty well. And you know, I, I'd like to take that curriculum, you know, around the country. I, I just I don't like the idea of charging coaches for coaching programs. I, I like more the idea that somewhere along the line we're gonna we're going to find some sponsor that says, I want, to, I want to change, you know, American rugby. I want to help coaches create, create teams that better service their players. And there's such a wonderful multiplier there. I mean, every time you make a coach better, you know, you affect 40, 50 young people. You really, you really change their experiences in a very positive way. And then you start playing that over, out over five or six years and, and you really do change the game through through education, and uh, you know, I mean, that, all that stuff's pretty exciting to me. You know, plucking players out of the uh, the the club ranks or the college ranks uh, has been uh, been a, a difficult challenge for years, and and we we do have sort of a gap now on the on the the select side level for a lot of them, and and as you said, Jack, the 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 coaching has to be there as well from from the beginning, correct? It, you know, we, we've expanded out into youth rugby and, and under-14s and things like that, so the coaching has to be there from down there as well. Uh, that, that's right, and it's not just a gap, Alex. I mean, if you think about 
when when USA Rugby was founded, and and you know, I I know this only because I paid a little bit of attention to it. But each of those four original territories, you know, they were required to have representative teams. I mean, they they were so audacious in their plans for you know developing their best and brightest. They 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 had rules like, and we want your territorial team to tour every two years. You know, I mean, they 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 were committed to to developing rugby from a technical standpoint. Now, now you got to look long and hard to find a, a domestic representative game. We've, you know, that just isn't, you know, that just isn't important anymore, apparently. And, you know, I don't, I don't know if that's the right thing. Uh, I, I sense it's not. Well, Jack Clark, we are very, uh, very honored to have you uh, spend so much time and give us uh, so much candor on uh, Rugged Matrix America here. We're really happy that you uh, took the time from your busy schedule. I know you're traveling uh, to talk to us and, um, Jack, thank you very much. Yeah. Okay. Alex, uh, Pat, Bruce, thank you very much. Happy new year guys. Thank you. And happy new year. Everybody at you, Jack. Thank you very much. And happy Kwanzaa again. Okay, guys. Thank you very much. Well, that was a a great conversation with Jack Clark. And actually I was surprised that he uh, chimed in on the, the national team as much as he did there, uh, Pat, but, but, Pat and Bruce, first of all, the college thing. I, you know, I, I, I think looking ahead, you know, the the reason we're talking about this is Cal Rugby is the number one program in college rugby. They pull out of the number one competition and basically say we don't really have a competition to, uh, uh, to to play in yet. I, I know they're looking at Division One. We didn't really talk about that, but they're looking into going to Division One AA, um, knowing that even. If they won in Northern California, they wouldn't get an automatic bid. They'd have to garner some kind of invitation. So there's there's really – it really was kind of a blind leap to a certain extent. And um, I will say that he he was pretty uh, straightforward in saying that he had – he liked the college premier division the way it was put together and then changed his mind. And I get, you know, I get the sense that, and I kind of went to it in a question and then rambled off into another question when I was talking to him, <laughs> but as I always do, um, but no, a lot of things have changed between the time when he thought it was a really good idea to, to now. And just that, I mean, I know that it's only really, it only happened for a year, the, the CPD, um, but for the time, it, it, all the momentum had to take place to get it together. So now a lot of things have changed in the way that the conference restructure has come about. Um, you're talking about, you know, the, the, the Olympics, sevens getting the Olympics kind of happened during that process when it was, the idea was really being formulated and, and momentum was getting put behind it. Um, you know, the CRC um, was still in, you know, a bit of an infantile stage. And now we realize that it has legs and it's not, doesn't seem to appear to be going away any, anytime soon. Then you add the Pac TV, the Pac 12 TV. Um, you know that's a relatively new development. Um, you know they haven't aired a single game or anything yet. You know when they were putting this thing together, the Big Ten was the only conference that had its own network. Now you add in the Pac 12 network, and there, I, I think that it would have, if the status quo had stayed the same, and you look at the way Cal's campus changed, and the fact that now these guys have to actually foot the bill, which is a very interesting piece of information to find out. For a couple of other sports, they've got to give money to two women's sports in order to stay afloat and stay as a varsity, you know, team. A million different things have changed. So had the status quo stayed the same as it was, say, um, eighteen from you know eighteen months ago, as it is now, 
then perhaps it still would be a really good idea. But given the current climate, which is nowhere, you know, which isn't the same as it was when they created this thing, then yeah, his his, his mind has changed. I think he was banking on, or, or they they were expecting to host a quarterfinal game and host a semifinal game, and instead they got to travel to a semifinal game uh, right in the middle of finals, and I think that had uh, an effect that they didn't like. Yeah, and you look at if you want to, if you want both of the semifinals to be on ESPNU, how do you make it affordable for you for that to happen? Well, you put them in the same place. If you've got one semifinal in Jonesboro and one semifinal in, in, in Berkeley, maybe you can't afford to put them both on television and put crews in both towns. But, you know, there's a lot to walk away from that interview. I mean, and to be honest, I was one of the guys that says, and I still kind of feel this, but it's it, colleges, Cal is now making a decision what's best for Cal. What is winning a national championship and proving you're the best in the country? which is what it's all about for Division II teams, which is what it's all about for men's club teams. Um, that's not necessarily what it's about for Cal, winning a national championship. That's what everybody else is, you know, the vast majority of everybody else in the United States strives to do. For Cal, it's about getting better rugby. And that's hard to – it's a hard kind of pill to swallow because – Yeah, it's, it's, it's about that. It's also about beating UBC and, and possibly, as we said, winning a, a Pac-12. Just as Dartmouth said, winning the Ivy League matters. College rugby – college sports in the United States is just a weird animal. And, and some things – like winning some of these conferences are more important than anything else in the entire in the entire sporting universe and uh you know in in if you're in Alabama and you are uh you you are a fan of Auburn then they've got to beat Alabama every year you don't really care much about anything else well i'll tell you <laughs> auburn enjoyed winning the national title um sure auburn. sure they cared about winning the iron bowl necessarily that year um, you don't win the national championship. You better sure, you know, you sure as hell better win the Iron Bowl. But yeah, it's just it's it's an interesting way to kind of look at it because it was okay when when the USA Sevens does it because they're not a school. They're, they're not that's a, they don't have to care about crowning a champion. But it's it, it kind of takes me back to where coaches say, well, the wins and losses don't matter so much as we're improving. We, our goal is to improve each week, and that's somewhat of a cliche that I chalk up to as BS a lot. But Cal is kind of now walking the walk or walking what they say, walking the talk, I'm sorry, um, in terms of that, that maybe the championship doesn't matter as much as playing meaningful games matters and proving their rugby matters. Uh, you know what? I, I will say that most of the coaches around, I mean, winning is important. Let's, let's you know, we'll, we'll not, not beat around the bush in that. But almost everybody wants to have – be involved in meaningful games. I've, I've spoken to Keeler about it, um, and he said that he would he doesn't have a problem if he were to leave the Super League and just play eight, nine, or ten games against teams that they wanted to play and develop players and and prove themselves to themselves. As you know, as long and, as long as those games are fun to watch and they can get some fans at and, and uh, Sheeran Field, then yeah. Yeah, I'm and as saying. long as he could convince his players that, that that's that's okay. It may and be that, okay for Paul, but it may not be okay for everybody else who's playing those games. I'm sure in in I, you could kind of tell in Jack's voice when when Bruce when you asked him about his players and how he approached it with them, and he says, "Unfortunately, they're not on campus." I can't imagine that some of those emails weren't, 
you know, pretty somber or upset kids saying, I came here to win national championships. And now we're not going to win a national championship because we're not playing for them. Well, I, I think that for the most part, and I, you know, I, I can't speak for the, I, I can't, I haven't spoken to any Cal players, but I do think that they trust in the direction that he has for the program. So I think that there's a level of trust that the players have in the program. And, and, and when I, and when I said about Keeler, that was in the event that there was no super league. It wasn't in the event of, you know, him just renegading off on their own. But I think that most teams would, would myself and Mike Diamantopoulos over the fall with Boston said that, you know what, it's not a bad idea to play each other in a, in a, in a three or four test series a three or four game series and just play each other and play a lot because we can get a good game against each other. And I know, you know, and as, as it sounds, it's dumb, but not, not, not to put it in the same perspective, but teams play test series all the time. And you just, you kind of find out who you are. It's not like we have anyone else we can play. So it, those types of things are, are okay. And so it's not the end of the world that they, they have made this choice. And Title IX, don't even get me started on that crap. But um, <laughs> if anyone's still listening, but uh, but I I would just you know I I thought it was a fantastic interview. I thought it was informative, and you know I mean obviously he wasn't gonna be very clear on his exact reasoning, but I think that the 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 real thing was the he wants to have complete control of the program and and how it goes and. And 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 how they can make money, and then he wants to leverage the Olympics and and the Pac-12, and and this and that's great. Well, it looks like they're looking seriously, as you said, on the, getting something going with the Pac-12, and if the Pac-12, some kind of Pac-12 competition involving six or seven teams, and by the way, nobody said anything about how Oregon State's a good program, and Mark Weber would like me to say that, and, and they are one of those teams that's doing well in the Pac-12. Um, if, the, if the Pac-12 produces uh, some kind of rugby competition that is more compelling to pretty much everybody within the Pac-12 than is the Pacific Coast Conference in the CPD. So I could see how pulling out and pursuing that and trying to get that on television in the Pac-12 network makes sense. And then Sevens is a no-brainer. Cal has to put a little bit more effort behind Sevens and has to be more successful in Sevens. And that means playing more in the fall, and that means spending a little bit more time gearing up for the CRC in June. And something has to give, and the thing that gives is the CPD. Yeah, I'll say that, um, you know, I, I'll agree that the prevailing reason is probably, um, you know, when I initially heard it, I thought, well, Jack Clark probably knows something we don't know. Um, and I think that that's probably the case still. I think that he knows um, or thinks that the, the Pac-12 and the Pac-12 TV, um, you know, Pac-12 rugby conference and Pac-12 TV are, are real viable things that could happen. And I've got to think that that um, coupled with the other reasons, but that being the prevailing reason, would be wild. They're no longer in the in the in the Division One A, and I've got to say that I'm I'm perfectly fine with the decision. Um, I think it stinks for people like Davenport, um, like Lindenwood. Um, you know, their avenue. If you if 
Cal is not competing towards the USA Rugby National Championship that allows that will pit them against teams they don't get to choose in a playoff. Um, that may allow those guys the chance to play a team like Cal down the road. Um, and maybe even life a little bit too, and maybe even Arkansas State a little bit too, because they're no longer priorities, those playoff games, which could pit them against Cal. Um, so I think that, that stinks for them. But uh, I'm all right with the decision, and he he justified it enough for me to be okay with it. Not that that's something he has to do, but um, you know what's best for Cal and what's best for Pac-12 rugby, and and eventually will create more exposure. I'm okay with, so I'm good with this decision. Yeah, I mean, I just think it was the fact that almost like being Notre Dame in football, you pick who you want to play, you play them, and chips fall where they may, and that's it. And I and I think that he, he's 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 going to leverage the he's going to leverage the Olympics as through the university. I mean, I would almost certainly say he would be primarily a 15s person, uh, as any sensible human being is. Um, but he's going to use sevens for what it can do to help him. As I would say, the same thing at the New York Athletic Club. Olympics is important to them. We're going to use it. So, and I think that that he's, he's going to try to commercial become very commercially viable in games that are played at Berkeley and away. And I think that they have, you know, he's thinking Notre Dame, Army, Navy, BYU, you know, Utah would be a Pac-12 game. I think that there are commercially viable games that are interesting to people throughout the country. And he's also said that, yes, he would take Life University at Cal Berkeley. It's a viable game at Cal Berkeley. It's a, it could be a money-making game. And it's just a different direction. Does everything have to end in a national championship? Well, there's been national championships for the past 30 years or whatever. He's They've won 25 of them. So, I mean, a national championship, for, for lack of a better thing, is it's essentially is as much of a foregone conclusion in USA collegiate rugby as it is in any other in any other sport or anything anywhere. There's been one champion, essentially, and they have been it. And all they're really doing is, is saying, okay, we're going to play the teams we want when we want and get with the program. And and I think that it'll almost be like, I don't, I don't know that there'll be national champions. There may be, but obviously they'll always have an asterisk next to them. And it may just be a vote where 20 coaches get right. together and they a UPI poll. And then there's the press gets together and they AP poll. That's right. UPI. And then people win. They could go 9-3 and three and win. Another team will go 12-0. and up. For, for those of you who are a little bit younger, the UPI was like the AP, only uh, disappeared a long time ago. Uh, it, we're going to see some changes, and I'm really interested because we're going to revisit this. We're going to see some changes about what's on that Cal schedule because what's on that Cal schedule has an influence over what's on the schedule for a lot of other teams on the West Coast and perhaps what's going to be seen in the future. Um, this is not – this story isn't over. It's just one major chapter in it, and I'm very excited to see what comes up afterward. So thanks a lot to Jack Clark for coming on our show and for 
Pat Clifton and Bruce McLean. This is Alex Goff from RugbyMag.com telling you, first of all, don't forget RugbyMatrix.com for the RugbyMatrix International Show. Check out the show either on RugbyMag.com or RugbyMatrix America. You can also download the show on iTunes in the iTunes Store. And to everyone in the RugbyMatrix America universe, Happy New Year.